This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello, and welcome back to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. Today, we've got a slightly different title for this episode, which is Outwitting the Duck. And you'll understand a little bit more about what that means as we go through today's episode. But I'm excited about today's guest. I reached out to him after I saw him speak at an event a little while ago. And in fact, if you've listened to any of my recent podcast episodes, you'll know that I had an episode telling you your business is speaking to you. And that entire episode came as a result of the fact that I watched this gentleman on stage and what he talked about moved me so much. I actually had to leave the event as a bit of a snotty mess. And I I know I've shared that with my listeners before. Sometimes I believe we need to hear specific words said in a particular way at a particular time in our lives. And to me, that's what that's what Pete Cohen did for me in that room. So I'd love you to meet him, find out about him and his work. And uh, hopefully he's going to be showing you how you can outwit your duck. Hey, Pete. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's funny because of that event, you know, that was the first time really that I'd done an event like that for a few years. So I missed it and I kind of gave it my all. It's such, honestly, it's such a privilege to be able to to speak where people are listening. So, you know, I know that when I'm speaking that I speak from the heart in, in most of what I say. So I'm always looking to connect with people on a very deep, meaningful level. And I obviously did. And, you know, you and I now, I think we're, we're going to know each other for a long time. And I'm inspired about the opportunities that lie ahead, especially with you, who's, you know, your your whole thing is about podcasting. And I love podcasting. I just think it's the best thing. <laughs> so tell us about your show. So I've had a podcast where I started doing something called Blog Talk Radio, which I think was in about 2011, 2012, where you used to pick up the phone and record what you were saying. And I did that for a couple of years, interviewing people and actually did a best-selling book on the back of that called Why Am I Not Losing Weight? But then I podcast, I started podcasting again nearly six years ago. My podcast is called My365, but I never really thought too much about it apart from I just love talking. I love sharing. And I just think it's a privilege again, to be able to, to know that someone somewhere is listening to your podcast and maybe they're being inspired by the the fact that you know, words do really change lives. And the last thing I'll say on that is that the radio came out in the twenties, right. Uh, And people would sit around listening to the radio. Podcasting is, is, it's a similar thing. People sit around or they're moving around while they're listening to something and it engages part of the brain that I want to engage. I, Mm. I want to engage which I think when you're looking at something, sometimes you don't, I don't know that the brain becomes lazy. I think we have to work a little bit when we listen. We have to kind of be a bit more imaginative perhaps. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the podcast in the audio space. I think I think we're in a revolution right now and I think it's we only set to ex- go crazy. There's, um, I think the reason that audio can be so powerful I talk about that in terms of brand influence a lot, but you come from the kind of mindset perspective and and the use of the words. I think what's happening is that even when we aren't consciously listening, so sometimes you could be listening to a podcast, but your mind just wandered, but 
you're always listening. Your subconscious is always picking up material. So if you're tuning into a podcast that is business knowledge or motivational knowledge or personal development or even learning French or whatever it is, it's still going in. Yeah. It's still going in. And therefore, it's it's having a change effect, even if you don't notice an enormous catalyst happening. Yeah, and I think we love to listen. And also, when, when you hear someone, I think it's quite quickly, you get a sense of who the person is yeah. and whether you resonate with them, where they're coming from. And we're all being sold to all the time. I think when we look at something, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't tell you what is going on inside the minds of people when they hear versus watch and listen. But uh, I don't know. I just I just love the opportunity to entertain an idea in someone's mind, give them a different perspective, make people feel appreciated, tell them a story. Mm. I love stories. So we, I, I met Pete, I saw him, I saw him speak on stage and I went up to him and he's got a really powerful story about his wife. And there was some particular, there's a couple of phrases Pete said throughout the weekend that were just hitting home with me. I know many of you who listen to the show on a regular basis know that, although I don't tell you the specifics, you know I've had a hard time lately. Personal life has been challenging, there's been a lot coming my way. I've had to step back in many respects. And Pete talked about the fact that he had this course, this 30-day course that is about step, you know, looking after yourself again. And mm. I've been following it on audio. And it's really clever, actually. I'm going to talk about this on my other podcast, which um, by the time you hear this will be live podcasting for entrepreneurs, about mm. the fact that the way that I've consumed it is actually is an audio course on, on Apple. So I've been listening to it as a podcast, which I love because obviously I love podcasting. Talk to us about what this, what this course is about and what your work is really about. What is it you're doing when you're getting on stage? It's always evolved, but I suppose now more than ever, it's about identity and it's about identifying with where you're going. You know, Gandhi famously said, be the change that you want to see in the world. I don't know exactly what he meant by that, but I would imagine from what I've read, he meant identify with who you need to be in order for you to have the results that you want. And I don't think most people do. I think most people identify with who they think they are. And even though they might change, we tend to often change through a disaster which pushes us to a place we haven't been before but once we are out of pain or out of distress most of us go back to who we are so I'm not a big fan of personality testing I, I think it obviously has a place but when someone says I am this sort of person well, they wear that as a label yeah it's a label yeah and it, if it serves you great but I have learned how to identify with who I want to be and I was a fraud because I wasn't doing that for many years. Yet, as a, my, my background is in sport psychology, when you work with an athlete, I need to know who the hell do you need to be in order for you to have the results that you want. And that's who, or an actor, you know, an actor, this is the part you want to play. Well, you know that, right? That's the part you want to play. You have to become that part. You have to, and actually, uh, you know, Matthew McGonaghy in, in his acceptance speech of 2014, he talked about his hero, you know, if anyone hasn't watched this, I would ask everyone to watch it. He says, someone said to him when he was 15, you know, who's your hero? And he goes, I don't know. And the guy came back and saw him again a few weeks later. And he said, who's your hero? He goes, it's me in 10 years time. And then the guy apparently saw him again 10 years later. Who, have you found your hero? Have you there? And he goes, I'm not even close. So his, his, his hero was who he was pursuing. I, I love that. I, I love the idea of helping individuals identify with that. Because if you don't, then you just recreate. You tell yourself the same old story, the same narrative, rather than waking up to the reality of a human being. As Einstein said, reality doesn't exist in the outside world. It exists in here. You've been working as a coach, a life coach, before it was kind of known about. 
as far as I can understand. Yeah. And some people might recognise your name because you were often on breakfast television. GMTV. Tell us a bit about that. It was GMTV. Yeah, so for about 12 years I was on GMTV, but I never pursued it. I never went out of my way to get on television, but I had done my own TV show on Discovery. We used to do this thing called Inchloss Island where we used to take people who were overweight, take them to an island. <laughs> but it was amazing because I got to meet some incredible people I enjoyed it, but I suppose what's fascinating about that is that the lifespan for most people isn't very long in terms of your career in television. Less of case, of course, if someone like Ben Shepard or Eamon Holmes, perhaps, you know. But again, I love to act. I mean, acting is what I really wanted to do as a child. So being on television, live television, doing a, I did the first ever live firewalk on television. No one had ever done it before as in teaching other people to do it. And you know, all these things, the, the adrenaline rush of doing something that's difficult. I, I love that. We, we call them peak experiences. You know, the, mm -hmm. the high you get from doing something that is a bit difficult is, I think that's where I love to encourage people because a lot of us accept where we are and we stopped, we stopped doing these kind of things which are a bit difficult or challenging. And that push us because we're scared. Yeah. Yes. Which brings us back to the title of today, which is Outwitting the Duck. Tell us about that. What is the duck? The duck to me represents the part of me that wants me to stay where I am the part of me that wants to protect who I think I am. And I believe that everyone has that in them, or at least everyone I've ever met. It's not necessarily a duck. Dr. Stephen Peters calls it the chimp in the chimp paradox. And I, I really came across this from, from this book, Outwitting the Devil, which was actually written in 1938, but was kept from the public for 72 years because Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, most entrepreneurs have read that book or they've come across it, Napoleon Hill's wife said, you are not publishing that because he was criticizing education, religion, basically saying that people are not free thinkers because they have been institutionalized and environment. So for me, the duck is like the devil in my head. If you don't learn to outwit yourself, you'll be a victim, again, of story and narrative. So the book, which will come out next year, is about giving people a different perspective. It's not for me to tell anyone this is the way. Because I actually think there only is one way. I, I do believe this. And it's yours. It's not mine. Could be similar, but it's yours, you know? Because we all have our own model of the world. We all see the yes. world in a different way, yeah. coloured through the lenses of our experiences. Yes. But you can change those lenses too. You can. And it's just, it's, it's weird how it seems to take difficult circumstances, hitting rock bottom, something happened that you didn't want to have happen. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's very well known in the field of neuroscience, he talks about, you know, the only thing that exists is possibilities, opportunities. That's the only thing, space. I think humans, we just find it difficult sometimes to look at what is possible as opposed to all the things that are wrong. And in fact, you know, let me, let me read you. Let me just read you. I wrote this down um, the other day. This was written in, in Outwitting the Devil. And I can't believe when I read this, I thought, wow, 1938, Napoleon Hill said, the whole world is undergoing a change of such a stupendous proportion that millions of people have become panic-stricken with worry, doubt, indecision, and fear. It seems to me that now is a splendid time for those of us that have come to a crossroads of doubt to endeavor to become acquainted with the other self. And we, come on, we, we, we are living in very, very unusual, uncertain, unprecedented times. For me, the other self is what some people might call your genius, your moral authority, your guide, your pushing us to, to be more, 
to become more, to do more. To experience more. Yes. I think that's one of the things that yes. has struck me about your work and your course that I've got been going through is that it's not about achievement, recognition and success. It's actually about, and you were careful with this as well, it's not even about happiness, having happiness, achieving happiness. It's about noticing the small things and making sure that you make the incremental changes to your life so that you are enabling, these are my words that are not necessarily yours, that you are enabling joy, adventure and improvement, self-advancement. Advancement was one of the words that was coming up for me as I was listening. It's about self-actualization, I think. Well, that's what Maslow Maslow was talking about, you know, who's like the forefather of modern psychology, self-actualizing. But then he also said that once you've done that, which is very interesting, you want to transcend that. You want to actualize for this is what I'm capable of now. I want to go somewhere else with this. And that's where, again, Napoleon Hill talked about most people don't, they don't really hit the most fulfilling parts of their life till they get in their 40s and 50s and 60s because you've evolved. So what do you want to do with the fact that you've evolved as opposed to retiring, which is how a lot of people... And then where next? Yeah, it's like, where where next? now what? And I love that mentality. I love that kind of, now what can we do? Maybe I'm maybe I'm strange like that, but I don't think so. I think most, I think you're obviously like that. Now what? I've done that. Now what can we do? I'm always like that. Always. Yeah. Because and, and actually, think, aren't we here to be creative beings? Aren't we here to make new stuff happen? Well, I think that, that that's such a great, and I often think about that and talk about that. If you look at how we evolved, I believe how we evolved was through a part of our brain that really had to be quite negative and had to be on the lookout because we were not the big on the animal chain. We were small. So you needed to be like this. Now we don't need to be like that. Man worked out a way to survive to the point of now we can thrive. Thriving is a different mindset. Thriving means, I think, occupying a different part of your brain. However, a lot of people in the world today could thrive, but are still in this survival mode of lack. And, you know, oh, my goodness, absolutely. And not not even but they're not even noticing the lack it's the not not being aware that they are in day-to-day just getting through the day go up mm. get up have mediocreness in their life in their relationships arguments whatever do a job they don't like come eat the same foods they always eat watch the same tv they always eat always you know what i mean always watch yeah well you're consuming where's the living oh. where's the living and i think the pandemic has really affected people there's lots of people kind of saying oh i'm really i'm struggling at the moment we're now as we're recording this we're still in the middle of the pandemic but we're not in lockdown but i'm seeing lots of people lots of great people saying i'm struggling right now this isn't great in my life right now yeah and i've I've experienced the same as i said today i've got lots of pressures on me right now and sometimes you need to hear the right message to know you've got to make a change so how do people do this then pete how do people actually actually outwit that duck how do they actually overcome it in real tangible ways well i suppose everyone is different right so there again there there is no one way if someone has experienced trauma which let's be honest for a lot of people the last couple of years have been extremely traumatic so it might sound really obvious but it's to be able to talk about it you know post-traumatic stress disorder how stressful has this all been for especially for you know mothers fathers that have been at home with their children it's like it's probably a good idea to have a conversation and talk about it because if you don't talk about it, it's it's inside, you know, it's like a fart. It's better to get it out than to keep it inside. You know, it's trauma is, is recorded into the nervous system. So that is one of the things I would say. And I'll just give you a different take on a couple of things. So most people know that being grateful is obviously a, a good practice. Exercise also a good practice. 
But what a lot of people don't realize about exercise is that when you move, you might not feel like it and a part of your brain will go, we don't need to do that. We don't need to move to survive. So why bother? However, when we move, our muscles actually secrete something that is now known as hope molecules. You feel hopeful. Everyone knows it. It's just science now confirms it. So if you want to make a change, then move is a probably is a pretty good idea. Gratitude is people practice gratitude. But the reason, again, for practicing it is to build hope. And what is the antidote to fear? Hope. And it's hard to be hopeful when you're in a world where no one's talking about it. So, you know, putting yourself in an environment of positivity, listen to inspiring messages, decide who you want to be, decide what you want the legacy of COVID to be. Talk to, yeah, I mean, I'd start by saying, have a... So who do you want him to be? That's a really good question. I mean, I, I talk to myself. I mean, I talk to myself anywhere, but I talk to my future self. And my future self is always saying to me, be where you are, be in the moment, be a good person, be courageous, and continue to do what you're doing because you're, you're doing a good job, you know, just in terms of giving people a space to be heard. But it's, it's all work in progress. It's all work in progress. And it always is. It always is. There is no finished article. No. No. And in fact, the word winning means, it doesn't mean an ending. Winning really means striving and struggling. And as long as you're striving and struggling to something, I think, especially if it, Tony Robbins has given a very famous TED talk called Why We Do What We Do. And it's one of the most TED, well, one of the most watched TED talks. And it talks about the six needs of, like, we all need certainty. We all need uncertainty. We all need connection. We all need love. How we get those first four needs met can be quite toxic. How we get certainty, how we get uncertainty. If you can get those needs met in a way that is nourishing to, to you, then he says, and I, I do agree, that we can grow and contribute. Growth and contribution is what I love to do. I just, is there nothing better than advancing, learning? But we have to go up against a world that almost doesn't want us to do that, wants us to drift and just consume, overconsume, and have. I wrote this down as well, that the, the founder of um, Alcoholics Anonymous was saying, you know, first, the most important thing is to face the truth, first of all, the truth of you, the experience of being you and not to label it necessarily right or wrong. It's just, we're all, I think most of us are just doing the best that we can with what we have, you know, just sometimes takes a disaster for us to get rocked. Yeah, I'm, I don't know about you and any of you out there, but I don't want to live a life that is just me getting through the day every day. That's not what we're here for. Yeah. And there's sometimes if you go through stress or trauma or a pandemic, that's what you have to do for a period of time to get through it, potentially. Yeah. But you can't stay there. You've got to wake up from that. Yeah. I mean, all of our forefathers must have gone through difficult times and most of us have had, never had to go through something what we're going through now and i think we live in a world where a lot of us feel entitled and you know it is it is a bit of a crazy world that we're in but ultimately at some point i think we have to decide as a collective is what do we need to do who do we need to become what needs to happen next because i don't think it's necessarily going to get any easier i think things are being broken down but maybe they'll be built up and they'll be better than they were before that collective decision actually starts on on an individual level it starts with who are you deciding to be? Yeah. Who are you right now? And how far are you away from that that better version of you? And taking not steps, specific actions, repeated actions to make that a reality. Again, you you, you said that, that before. Again, it, what you tend to find is it's quite mundane and boring with a lot of the stuff that brings about advancement. It's, it's often just little things that if practiced 
over time. And actually, when you look at the religions and the philosophies, all the good things that exist in all of those, it tends to revolve, revolve around four things, courage, wisdom, temperance, and justice. Justice, standing up for the rights of other people, you know, being a humane human being. Wisdom, learning from the wisdom of others. Courage is having the heart to do what needs to be done, even when you don't feel like it. And possibly the biggest or just as big as temperance, which is delaying gratification, because there's so much temptation. You know, even the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. Adam and Eve, don't eat fruit from the tree. What do they do? You know, there's so many things that are attracting us to move away that if you don't know where you're going, you're going to get lost. You'll just end up in the same place that you were in before. So what would you say to somebody? What would be your message to somebody who is finding that they're a bit lost right now? I put a big smile on my face, first of all, and, and realize that that's okay. You know, you are where you are. What do you want to do about it? What's next? What would you like to do? Who would you like to become? I mean, I'm a coach. So ultimately, coaches tend to ask sometimes really big questions. Where do you want to be in a year's time? What's really important to you? Just ask the questions and start conversations with people. But I would say this, who you are isn't who you have to be. That's not who you have to be in the, but you probably will be the, you'll probably be a very similar version of yourself in the future because you haven't chosen to change, even though change is happening or that you, you're trying to hold on to who you think you are. Mm. And also often when we do change, other people often don't like it because they think, what are you doing? That's not you because they have an idea of who you are. But ultimately what, let, let me, let me say this, what will be your greatest achievement? You know, Anna, what will be your greatest achievement in your life? Not not what you've done, what will be moving forwards. I've actually been thinking about this. I was journaling around one of the questions that was in your course last night. And uh, the specific question was, you know, at your funeral or on your deathbed, what has it been? And this is man- manifold for me, manifold. I never know how you say that phrase. Manifold or manifold, or all of them. And one comes down to m- mothering the legacy of what I'm leaving and teaching my own children, therefore my own family and the immediate ripple effect of that and feeling as though I have been present to the best of my ability at all times, What you know, for, for the family. The best of my ability at all times doesn't mean I've been perfect. It means that whatever's thrown at me, I feel like I have, I've done that. And then there's a much higher state of awareness for me that is about some sense of calling that if I have given if I've been of service, of contribution to have affected millions and millions of people who on an individual basis say that made a difference to me, that changed my life. Now, the interesting thing about that is I'm never going to know that millions of people have been impacted, but the thought and concept of that is really exciting. And so for me, thinking about what at the end of my life, whenever that may be, that I have a sense that I use my own life and my own skills for good, for contribution, to raise humanity is the phrase that keeps coming back to me. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm always fascinated to hear what people think about that. So, you know, just with the New Zealand rugby team, which is the most successful sporting team in history, win ratio over 80%. And their philosophy is simple. You leave the team in a better place than when you came. So whether you play one game, 10 games or 100 games, it doesn't matter. Everything is about leaving something better than how you found it. And I think, I, I don't know, I, might, I, got, I get this feeling that when I die, I'd like to be able to just take a moment just to think back and think, you know, I put it all out there. I, I put out as much as I, I can. And who is it that said you're, you're alive for as long as people remember you? And not that I necessarily want to be remembered, but I definitely want to leave. That it's like, been worth it, right? I think you want to leave 
knowing you've lived. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's part of outwitting the devil, outwitting that duck. Yeah. Many of us have got a little bit dusty over the last couple of years. What happens if you actually polish yourself off and look yeah. after yourself again? Yeah, it's a great thing to be able to do. It's not always easy to do, but it's it's a great thing to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who you are, what you've done. And I and I think that that's that's also just a really good point. Just in terms of, I always talk about the gap, but it's not really the gap. You can look at it like a gap, but there's something missing. I say there's nothing missing. You're in the game. You're in the. Think about everything that you've done, everything you've achieved. That's fantastic. You you have everything you need. It's not that you need any more. It's that maybe you want more. Maybe you want to impact lives more, but you don't need any of it. Because mm-hmm. if you need, then you're in lack. It's like there was something missing. There's nothing missing. Yeah. And then you're not good enough and you haven't achieved. Yeah. That's part of the messages that you're not good enough. You can't be loved. You don't have what it takes. Just fit in, conform. Shh. Don't be, you know, be seen. Don't be heard. Yeah. Um, don't talk to strangers. Money doesn't grow on trees. To rise up above that and go, I'm, I'm going to be more than who I thought I was. And I'm, I'm becoming more, becoming, I'm becoming. I think that's where it's at. I saw an article on LinkedIn just this morning about the extreme growth in entrepreneurship in the last year as a result of people realizing it's not enough for me. The day-to-day grind isn't enough. There's more to me. I want more for myself. I'm going after it. I think that says a lot of the about the state of mind of um, our society right now. People are looking actively for something else. And there are opportunities on the horizon, but only for those who outwit that duck and take those, create those, take those opportunities, take those nudges, follow those impulses, just see what happens and explore without feeling like you failed if it doesn't go your way. Well, the word entrepreneurship in the dictionary says someone who's going to take a risk in the pursuit of profit, but it has a much deeper meaning. It comes from a Sanskrit word, which really means a burning desire to do something, something that just cannot be put out, you know? And once you can help, and a lot of people have never thought they could get a job doing really what they really love to do. And that's, I think a lot of people are waking. I don't want a job. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, just, just over broke in many cases, mm. but it, not that I'm not saying it's all about money. I think it's about doing what you love to do. I love to do this. You know, it's what a privilege to be able to speak to you today and know that at some point this will go out and people will listen and hear my enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Who knows what impact that might have, but what a joy even to think about the impact that we could have by coming together. Well, this has been a great Pete. And I'm so glad that I followed up after I left your talk as a bit of a snotty mess about a month ago. I would really like to recommend to people that they go and listen to your audio course so where's the best place to find that or should we just make sure it's in the show notes just go to mi365.me yeah mi365.me is absolutely free and yeah you know we created a, a part of it where you don't have to watch it you can just listen to it so thank you because you're one of the first people to engage in that right so thank you go check it out go listen to his podcast mi365 my365 thanks so much for coming on today Pete. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.